cliffcentral.com. It's time for us to check in with Rich Mulholland, the one and only, and it's the reality check, which on a Monday sets us straight. Good morning, Rich. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you doing? Excellent, excellent. What do you have to uh, to say to us? A good weekend? Yeah, fantastic weekend. Very relaxed. Uh, and yeah, getting, getting ready to hit the week now. Good man. All right. So um, obviously there's a lot of news going on. I, uh, has the Western Cape got uh, enough rain yet or is it still nowhere near? Uh, we're saying not even close to near. I mean, we've had, it keeps on teasing us with little bits of rain. Yeah. But not, nothing, nothing uh, majorly worthwhile. Well, Rich, I mean, there must be things on your mind. There always are on a Monday. What uh, what you said last week has been ringing in my ears. Um, you know, there, there's certain things that we talk about from time to time on the show, and, and I think about them a little bit after we've had a conversation. And uh, last week was exactly like that. We, You know, you brought up a couple of things. You brought up the discussion around uh, the gallows humor, which I thought was terrific. And I, I've tried to find places where it's applicable to what we, we talk about every day on the show. But I also thought it would be worth mentioning this morning before we even get cracking. And we'll, we'll have a proper discussion about this when you're around. You've got a book out, which is called Legacide. I do. I do indeed. Tell us what it's about very briefly, and then we'll have a proper discussion when you're around. Awesome. It's about um, legacy thinking holding you back. It's about having the answer to something once and thinking that means that you have the answer to the question uh, going on forever. And uh, it, it's about the idea that doing something new is not as important as stopping doing something old. It's brilliant. Kind of like why you left the radio. Yeah, I, I, Radio um, worked when it did work, um, but then you realized that if you wanted to innovate, you had to say no to something in order to start saying yes to something else. It's a great book. It's short. It's uh, it's very very well written. There's a lot of interesting stuff in it. We'll get into um, into the details of that another time. But for this morning, what's on your mind? Okay, so now I, I imagine that you guys have to have addressed this at some point, and I've missed it. But I, I've really got to bring it up myself to uh, <laughs> to get it off my chest. All right. So last week I spoke a bit about Pompeii and all the people that died there, and I guess I want to start by talking about another natural disaster uh, here. Uh, from 2011, and it was the tsunami and earthquake that took place in Japan. Now, inspired by this, uh, by the, the you know the horrific disaster that that happened, uh, coders and Facebook set out to create what they refer to as the disaster message board, and they wanted to create this disaster message board to try and help uh, spread the you know the the story that people were safe. So, on the 15th of October in 2014, they actually launched this thing as safety check. Zuckerberg himself launched it. And he basically said, hey, we want to make sure that we know when you're safe. Now, the first major deployment was on April the 21st in 2015. It was after the Nepal um, earthquake. Yes. And those earthquakes, 9,000 people died and 22,000 were injured. I think we can all uh, safely say that if we knew people in Nepal at that time, it would have made sense for us to check to make sure they were okay. And the yeah. safety check feature would have made sense. Right. Now, there were three instances in which it was uh, deployed in the last two weeks. Uh, that at least came up in my in my feed. The first was London Bridge. The second mm-hmm. was Windy Day at Cape Town. <laughs> and the third was uh, the Knives in the Fire. Right. Now, w- one out of those three deserved for me to have any kind of safety check. Uh, and I don't think it was London Bridge, and I certainly don't think it was Windy Day in Cape Town. Yep. And I think the abuse of this service is killing it. Every single time somebody checks in on Facebook to mark themselves as safe, 
when we know you're bloody safe, right, uh, it, it, it is absolutely killing the functionality of the tool in the first place, which, by the way, I think is a very good tool for the right use case. Uh, so that's what London Bridge to start off with. On average, on average, 1,400 people die every single day in the UK. Like 15 people died in London Bridge. Mm-hmm. You, to mark yourself as safe in London on the London Bridge disaster, I mean, I had people mark themselves as safe two days later, just in case we hadn't heard yet. It is the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard of in my entire life. There has to be a very basic use case thing. You have to turn around and say, hey, if I need to check um, check a list to make sure that my friends are safe, if I find myself compelled to say, oh, no, something happened here, let me check to make sure all my friends are safe, and I check a list to make sure they mark themselves as safe, then it's worth saying that you can mark yourself there. Yeah. But if 15 people are dying, you will have heard if your friends are safe. Sure. Like, even Facebook, they say in their terms, they say, if someone you know is not marked as safe, contact the emergency services immediately. Right. If I had to start contacting the emergency service for everyone who didn't mark themselves as safe in the windy day in Cape Town, you know, it would be a very, very, it would be a huge amount of phone calls. Well, I did see a bunch of these and I thought, well, maybe it's people just mocking the whole situation because it was ridiculous. I mean, it was just basically a storm and a windy day. And there were people marking themselves as safe as if it had been some kind of terror attack or there'd been some real peril that their life was in. And it was it was patently ridiculous. But do you think people were, were mocking the whole situation or do you think that they were genuinely trying to be a part of something that was not life-threatening, but they wanted it to seem as if they'd survived some kind of danger? Are people that bored? While we, while we can joke about that, maybe the Cape Town, uh, the winds and stuff like this. But bear in mind, some people living in, in shanty towns and shacks and things like that certainly were affected negatively. But these wouldn't have been the people that are on you and I's Facebook uh, no. uh, feed. But what I do think it is a case of is people wanting to be guilty by association. It's people that want to drive home at the end of the day. And I guess we all want to do it. And we want to say, you know, I got back this accident, this accident today and it was horrific and there was limbs lying on the road and they want to feel like they were close enough. Um, so when somebody marked themselves as safe in London last week, what they're saying is that they, they were close to mortal danger but survived. Hmm. It could have been them because it happened in their city and they survived. So they want to let the world know that, look how close I was to this, this thing. Right. It's the same reason we like to talk about disasters. It's a sense of, look how important and thing my day was. I could have died today. I mean, somebody will say a story like, you know, I was on that bridge just an hour earlier, just, you know, three hours earlier. But um, it's, it's unnecessary. And if we are doing it to joke, uh, we guess that we need to be aware that there is actually value in the tool itself. And so, so it kind of becomes a case of the boy who cried wolf. Yeah. But there were certainly some people who did mark themselves as safe uh, in, in the Cape Storm, in the Cape Storm, uh, for no good reason, just simply because they wanted to say, Everything's okay. Their house is safe. Like I was sitting there giving a shit about their suburban home uh, during a windy day. Well, I saw the first one, and I've got to be honest, it immediately elicited in me a a negative reaction because I saw it with somebody who I knew um, had a a, a perfectly safe environment. In other words, they, they were hardly ever at risk in the first place. And when I saw this, I thought, Maybe they're, they're being sarcastic. Maybe because everybody's been hyping the storm up, they're trying to take the piss out of it. But it turned out they actually were genuinely letting people know that they had 
survived some kind of life-threatening situation, which had obviously not been the case. Do you think we've reached the stage in society where we, because the news is all around us and it's pervasive and it's in social media, that we almost think we're in the news. We think we are the news. We think that our lives are so interesting or we know that they're so boring that we try to make them look interesting. Do you think it's some kind of deep-seated, like, attention-seeking? I think this is exactly, exactly what's going on. I think what's happened is way back when people had boring lives like we do now, but they weren't so inundated everything that exists anywhere in the world. Uh, like, like we see these people are awesome videos with people doing these amazing things, these acrobatics and these amazing things. And then we look at ourselves and think, my goodness, we're so shit. And uh, we see these things happening everywhere all around us. You know, when I grew up, we were watching Scottish television. I got the local Scottish news and a couple of things were happening there. And there was a strike here and a this there. And then we got the very, very, very biggest news that happened everywhere. Now we get all news about any topic that's contextually relevant. So if a child is kidnapped somewhere by a sex offender in seven countries away, it'll come up on our Facebook feed for some reason because uh, uh, it's relevant to us and it will create the sense of the sphere. So uh, uh, we're looking at the world through a very, very weird lens that everything that is big is appearing closer. And well, because of that, makes our life seem more boring. Well, I mean, next thing you're going to have people driving home from work, and after they get home, they'll mark themselves as safe. Well, which is the equivalent of checking in every time they get onto an airplane, right? Correct. Letting people know that they're right. flying someplace. And that's, I mean, a, that's also... I about public speakers the other day. Yeah. Every public speaker feels the need to tell themselves when they're speaking publicly. Could you imagine <laughs> bank tellers did that? Hey, privilege to um, be uh, telling for... <laughs> Yeah, uh, 500 customers today. <laughs> well, this is also where when we hear about a racial incident or some kind of, of expletive, I think, see Bill Maher used the N-word on his show real yeah. time and now he's in trouble. We immediately assume, oh, this is a huge problem. It could be one person who is either motivated by horrible things or one person who makes a mistake. But suddenly we think, oh, well, this is a ma- major international situation. Now, you know, every school in South Africa needs to be hauled over the coals because one pupil said something stupid. Yeah, all of these things, right, are yeah. tiny sparks. If you imagine every time anyone said anything offensive, hmm. what we did is we uh, uh, lit a match. Yeah. Because that's uh, somebody saying something offensive, even on a television show in another country, that's like lighting a match. Yeah. And it's a tiny little match. Uh-huh. And every single time anybody tweets anything about that match, they're throwing Twitter. Onto, onto, the, onto the flame, making the flame bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. And what we end up with is a forest fire built out of a matchstick. And it's bizarrely that the people who should be, who are trying, people are actively trying to spread the fire. They're doing their best to, to, to spread the story as far and wide as they can and to make themselves close to it, to make themselves offended by it and associated to it as they possibly can. Of course. And this is a mistake. Because, because it makes them... If you them... two seconds, the match would burn out. But it's because it makes them feel like they're part of the story. So what you've got to do is stop thinking about yourself for five seconds whenever there's a disaster or something really life-threatening going on and actually, truly, sincerely think about the other people. Because the minute you make yourself the center of the story, you've lost the game, right? hundred percent. And that's exactly taking back to the check-in. When, when you're checking in a safe in London where just 15 people died, you're trying to make the story about you. Right? It's not about you. There's 15 people that died. 
And uh, uh, that is exactly what the case is. And I think that's the truth. Is anytime we're checking in the space where we don't need to, there are certainly big valid cases, earthquakes and huge big natural disasters where thousands of people died. But in uh, right. any other instance, if you're doing it, you're just making the story about you. But Rich, I know you like solutions to these problems. So we've identified a problem here. The solution is to unfriend these people or to block them or to stop reading their feeds. I mean, what should we, there should be a punishment for them for, yeah, for, the for crying, be, for crying wolf. There should be something that happens. Yeah. It's not about you. Like, I think we need to be able to call people like, like this doesn't affect you you're, you're, or stop spreading the fire or whatever. We need to try to figure out a way to start calling people out where they're feeling more shamed for mentioning things, for spreading the fire Mm -hmm. than they are for trying to put it out. Because I guess in every single situation and every single tweet you see, it could be negative or or it could be seen as spreading hate or uh, divisiveness. If you turn around and say, hey, if I hit share now, am I helping to uh, 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 diffuse the situation or am I helping to spread the flame? And, And if you ask yourself that question, just that question, it's actually very similar to the theme of the video. I've got a Get Rich Quick um, series of videos, and uh, the one I'm, I'm posting tomorrow is about reframing a question. Or today, sorry, it's about reframing a question. But if you can just turn around, every time you're about to hit retweet, ask yourself, am I spreading the anger or am I dousing the flame? And if you find yourself that there's no good other than spreading the anger, and people will, will argue to themselves, and they'll say, no, 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 I'm spreading awareness about a problem. Unless you think that we haven't heard of the problem, then uh, uh, don't spread it. Mm. And unless you think that by some way of you spreading the problem helps to create a solution to the problem. So people um, spreading that hashtag, I mean, all men are assholes or whatever it was, or whatever mm. I said you want it was, uh, uh, it was never going to help. It was never going to make one male sex abuser ever come around and say, oh, you know what, you're right, let me stop. And equally, it wasn't going to make any meaningful change. It was just spreading hate and discourse. And uh, we, we need to stop that. All right, Rich. So we need to check ourselves. Thanks very much, man. We'll see you soon. Appreciate it, man. You guys have a fantastic week. There we go. Rich Mulholland on the line from Cape Town with the reality check for Monday. He's right. If you're online, if you're on social media and what you're doing is not putting out the fire, and in the case of Neisner, (laughs) obviously anything on social media didn't help to put out the fire, but you get the basic idea. If you're not putting out the fire, all you're doing is adding fuel to it. And how much good are you doing to everybody else? Zero. Stop making it all about you.